Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Bowman, the host of Side Door, a podcast with candid conversations with world-class entrepreneurs. Starting a company is not easy. My first company failed and left me broke. The second company I started ate up the rest of my meager savings and never really took off. And my attempts at a third have stalled. The objective of this podcast has always been to share the stories of entrepreneurs and how they've built their companies and the lessons that they've learned along the way. To date, I've interviewed founders at different stages of their journeys. Some have raised millions in venture capital. Others are just starting their journey. Today's guest is Irma Surya, the founder and CEO of Plato, a legal platform in Indonesia. Irma and I discussed the genesis of Plato, how the platform works, and the challenges of growing a legal platform in Indonesia. I really enjoyed this conversation with Irma. Her journey will sound familiar to early stage entrepreneurs. She's juggling family, personal finances, raising capital for the business, finding product market fit, and ultimately growing the business. And so if you, like me, have struggled in the past, this is a great interview for you. Hi, Irma, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jesse. So you are the founder and CEO of Plato. Yeah, correct. And Plato is um, an online legal platform in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, so before we get into uh, what, what Plato is and how you are building that, uh, I wanted to start and talk to you about uh, who you are and, and your background. Sure. Okay, let me um, start by introducing myself. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Irma Surya, founder and CEO of Plato, Indonesia's one-stop shop legal platform for business. On a personal side, I'm a single mom of 11-year-old daughter. Growing up in a tiny village in Indonesia called Padang among traditional community who barely spoke English, I was in a childhood dream of relocating to a big city at the age of 14 and uh, in tall, I was quite lucky that I actually uh, won a contest and allowed me to move to Jakarta and walk my way through school while financing my education with modeling at the time. And inspired by my husband at the time, who's a successful banking and project finance lawyers, I was keen to embrace life as a legal professional and continue work my way up and after many intense challenges and achieved my dream with the legal career, spent years in top tier legal firms. So that's my story. <laughs> uh, so you, you had originally become a lawyer and you wanted to, like, why did you want to become a lawyer? Well, I met, uh, at the time, my ex-boyfriend also um, uh, was married to him as well and got inspired with what he did at that time. Okay, but then um, you you worked at a couple law firms and you did some freelance uh, legal work. Uh, but mm-hmm. then where where did the idea for Plato uh, come from? I see. Well, um, after starting my legal career as a lawyer in. Uh, 2007, I realized there was no easy to access and affordable platform tailored toward the everyday legal needs 
of the entrepreneurs, lawyers, especially in Indonesia. So having a passion for technology, coupled with 13 years of legal industry experience serving some of Indonesia's leading firm and also German's leading firm, uh, made me have a deep understanding of the complexities of the legal system in Indonesia, small and medium-sized enterprises, as well as the startup ecosystem and technology, also appreciate the legal service in ways that most people don't. I also understand that in Indonesia, establishing a new venture, obtaining legal support for contract or any other purposes, including signing legal documents, is very inefficient, costly, and time-consuming. And this has been a big problem for entrepreneurs and the industry, especially for the SMEs and also startup ventures. Well, on the other side, there are around 20,000 lawyers across Indonesia who from time to time have empty billable hours and constantly worry about their marketing costs in order for them to reach their potential clients. And also, I want to make legal service more affordable, accessible, scalable, while keep on maintaining its reliability, as well as I also want to change the legal ecosystem by combining the reliabilities and low costs of the legal service using technology. That way, modernizing the traditional way people get and also provide the legal service, including modernizing the traditional way people sign documents. So recognizing such limitation, the only way was to come up with an innovative solution, I created Plato. So that's the story. <laughs> okay, so um, law, law firms and, and lawyers here, they operate in a similar way than I'm assuming everywhere else where they have, uh, what do you call those, hourly rates and then they, they're charging billable hours to their clients uh, and they're trying to maximize those. Is, is that correct and is that why it's very expensive? Correct, correct. Yes, that's true. Okay, and so uh, you created this all-in-one legal platform. Uh, can you, and you've, you're, you've mentioned briefly that it, it has, um, it has some, some legal document signing uh, services mm -hmm. and that you're mm -hmm. utilizing um, extra hours that uh, some lawyers aren't using, but it sounds like it's, a, it's a, an entire ecosystem. So if someone were uh, looking for some small business, or I mean, any kind of business legal uh, services, like what what does the entire platform encompass? Mm -hmm. So uh, at this point, we only uh, provide a product that we sell and benefit from it from the company incorporation, as well as requests of quotation. A company incorporation is basically we help clients setting up their legal infrastructure and also compliance in Indonesia, while request of quotation or RFQ is basically matchmaking the clients with the best lawyers or law firm that we partner with, which agreed to provide a heavy discount rate via Plato, also known as a closed marketplace. So basically, we, uh, Plato itself is the B2B platform uh, whereby we aim to eliminate all of the hurdles that the client faces when engaging the legal support in Indonesia. Um, so how it works, uh, normally, uh, if you want to try, uh, you can start by contacting us through our live chat or via the contact form. And from there, and we, we can start helping you. 
of course, uh, we have some future plans uh, whereby we can also uh, sell additional service to what already exists. But at this point, uh, we still provide that service for free because we're using a third-party service provider at this point. Okay, and then who who actually is your target audience? I, I've mentioned you've mentioned small, medium-sized businesses and and startups. Uh, are those are those your main uh, target audiences, or can anyone who might have any kind of legal question contact you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically, we're we're a startup ourselves, right? And we are also a platform. So basically, uh, we are targeting uh, small and also medium-sized enterprises, as well as startups and companies who is operating and also uh, planning or is expanding uh, you know, their business in Indonesia. So as a founder who hasn't had any company yet and willing to do so, they can already start contacting us and therefore we can start helping them build their business, companies in Indonesia without actually uh, needing us. So uh, we, we target uh, our audience since the early stage of uh, um, their business, we can just say that uh, from the idea. Normally, they will come us the moment they have an idea, the moment they have, uh, you know, MPV already, the moment they start to speak to investors, and that moment also we start helping them. And so, is this designs for? Uh, let's say I have an idea and I come to you and you help me incorporate, or you've connected me to. Um, lawyer a who has had some extra time uh is it meant to be an ad hoc uh basis or is there like a way that you develop relationships with people uh, on your platform for ongoing legal services mm -hmm. so basically as a platform we're enabling uh our clients uh our user also the lawyers uh to have a a happier life right in that sense our clients should just focus on building our business and our lawyers should just focus on doing their job without worrying about the marketing or without worrying about wasting time, um, you know, entertaining the potential client who's not so sure uh, about engaging them yet, right? So that way, uh, we make everybody's life easier by uh, cut, cutting the unnecessary time that they spend in order for them to meet each other or to determine whose lawyer gonna help them either on an ad hoc basis as well as uh, on a retainer or maybe on other type of model that they agree to work together with. Uh, so in a, on a retainer basis, is that still done through uh, the, the Plato platform and I can continue to work with the the same lawyer that I started mm -hmm. out with? Absolutely. So basically, uh, since we are uh, building a very good relationship with our lawyers, uh, we understand that there is a need for them to get uh, not just a one-off kind of order, but they're more like building, um, you know, uh, a consistency in orders, right? Uh, therefore, we allow that to happen, whether it is uh, process or uh, help via, uh, via the platform, 
or they can actually do it themselves if that's what uh, they feel more comfortable with. Uh, that is possible uh, because we have already some sort of like arrangement in place to uh, enable that to happen. So it is possible if uh, both parties choose to do so. All right, and <clears throat> Plato is four years old? Uh, Plato is actually uh, incorporated by the end of 2018. So it is not four years old. Uh, idea stage, uh, we start since 2016, correct? But uh, at the time, the market was just not ready yet. So uh, we are still doing a lot of research, a lot of educational from the investor side, as well as from the user side, as well as from the lawyer side. So uh, it all come together around uh, 2018. Yeah. Okay. So you had this idea and it took you about two years to, to launch. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been in business for about two years right now. When you, you, you had talked about the market being ready, uh, mm -hmm. was it hard to generate your first customers in demand? Did people understand mm -hmm. what you were uh, offering uh, mm -hmm. or was there a huge education curve? Yeah, so I remember I need to do a lot of education to our potential um, investors, users uh, on the client side, as well as the lawyer side. Uh, so uh, that, that was around 2016, um, which is taking a lot of our time, right? Uh, and throughout that time, actually, um, a lot of uh, people actually start to ask questions why do you have to do it online why not go directly to the lawyer why don't i just do it myself kind of questions because they just don't get the idea of this you know uh business in the in the legal and also combine it with technology that's why it's an it's an online legal service or legal tech so they don't get the idea of the legal tech business at that time and it is very hard it's very, very hard. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it gets better to, to, uh, to get to the point whereby when I speak to our, our investor or our new investor or our lawyers, also our user, they, they, they now understand more what is it actually that we are, we are doing because uh, they, they're used to the idea already because it's been massaged in their mind since 2016. Who did you have more difficult uh, onboarding in the beginning, the lawyers or uh, the market and new customers? Mm -hmm. So uh, the hardest to onboard in the beginning is actually um, all of them, <laughs> all of them. They all have different, different uh, way of looking at this and uh, for them, is for the lawyer that they saw us as a competitor, which we are not actually. Uh, so we have to again educate uh, the lawyers, the law firm that guys actually we can work together. We are not you know killing you or competing with you, but we could be partners, right? But you know it takes time for them to actually understand and seize that uh, until uh, 
you know, uh, one or two lawyers or law firms start to doing it. And then the artists start to, to, to see what we're doing and be okay with it and even start to, uh, you know, apply to be in our platform. And then uh, the others follow as well. Uh, same thing with the client. On the client side, they love to meet in person, which is something that we don't do, you know, because we, we are making this online, right? So why are we meeting in person? Again, an, another education for the user, especially in Indonesia, is, uh, people uh, feel there is a need to meet, then we do something together. So again, uh, throughout this entire experience, they finally understand that, oh, actually, you're, you're right, we don't need to meet. Why, why are we meeting, right? Uh, it's just like a, uh, a waste of time, actually. So I just fill in all of this entire form, and then if I do not understand, then I will ask questions, and then that's it. I don't have to meet you, right? So uh, not everybody gets that also in the beginning, and same with our investor. Investor also... Uh, do not see uh, the market for them to actually feel the need to invest in this kind of business at that time because they felt that the market is not ready also. And how were you actually getting these uh, initial users? Were, uh, I'm assuming you were uh, the, the strategies and tactics used <clears throat> to build the marketplace uh, on the side of the lawyers is different than the uh, and consumers. So how are you, how are you approaching mm -hmm. the consumer side? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so because a lot of consumer, uh, I mean, my clients needs to be educated to, to enable them to move from the offline channel to the online channel, we have to meet on uh, offline for them to get, get the idea at the first time. So, so we did a lot of face-to-face -face meeting in the beginning. So you, are, you, are you cold calling mailing people? Um, most of the time we met people at event. So it's easier uh, for us to meet new people and to, you know, build relationship with them because we're already uh, in, the, in the setting whereby, you know, people come to that event to meet new people, to, to make new business, to collaborate, to partner, those kind of things. So we didn't do a lot of cold calling, but more like uh, meeting uh, new people in event at the time. Okay, but scaling up your, your platform, right? Um, mm -hmm. Going to events and talking to people in person uh, is a way to get started, but if you're trying to get you know, 10,000, 100,000 people using your product every month, that that becomes unsustainable. So how are you approaching your growth strategies uh, moving forward? Mm -hmm. You're correct. So because of that very reason, uh, we also have plans to grow. And we understand that in, in order for us to grow is actually to get more funding. And it is the funding uh, that we need to close is actually the biggest obstacle for us to grow at this point. So we did close uh, half of the funding round that we need, but of course we still need the other half to be closed. And that's still our homework until today, especially during this time, whereby people are being very careful 
and uh, people still wait and see whether or not they're going to move forward and pass or uh, do something about it. So uh, we we still need to find the other half uh, so we can grow as we plan. What is the the apprehension of investors right now? Is it just purely COVID related, uh, and they're more um, you know they're more cautious with their investments, or is there is there something that they're looking for uh, from from your end that uh, mm-hmm. or the market? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think in the couple uh, in the last couple of months, they're very concerned about the market situation because it's very uncertain, right? So for them, it's, it's best it's best for them to wait until people start to actually actively invest again. Therefore, they feel like oh, being vetted, uh, these guys start doing it again. So maybe I also start to, you know, uh, to talk to potential investing companies. So I think um, I think it's just a matter of time that people are actually going to call it like uh, normal again and invest again in in whatever type of business that they're interested in. Okay, and then aside from funding, uh, you know that's a that's a key component to a lot of startups uh, yeah. growth. Uh, how would you use these funds? Is there some? Is there a specific channel or strategy that you're looking at that you could uh, effectively use to to grow your channel in the next six months? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we actually have plans already to uh, to expand the business, just, not just uh, you know uh, in one cities, and also we're also planning to to build new products and also uh, add more team members and do more activities on the marketing side so a lot of things that we will you know we will need to do in order for us to achieve our targets which is uh, kind of nice to, to you know to achieve um, in in this time because it is a very exciting time right um, this 2020 <laughs> uh yeah i mean for me as an outsider essentially looking in this this platform has been very like similar platforms in the United States are quite popular and successful. Uh, mm-hmm. And with COVID, it seems like everything is becoming uh, digitized at a much rapid pace. Mm-hmm. And people are realizing, like you said, um, you don't have to be face to face with everything. And that's very easy to do things uh, online. So mm-hmm. it seems like uh even though covid is a son of a bitch it's it's helping you kind of position yourself in the next 6 to 12 months yeah that that that's kind of true sadly but true <laughs> so uh the pandemic actually helped us uh in that way because uh, our clients our investor actually sees what they miss uh before because uh at that time, people will, 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 will still see that the legal service is very uh, traditional. You have to be present, uh, physical meetings, and if not, then it will not happen, right? So we're quite lucky because of that as well. On your site, you have a, a welcome video. And one of the things in it that caught my eye was that you said you're able to reduce the, the time it takes to set up uh, a company formation. 
uh, from like a few months to a few weeks. Uh, so I was wondering why you guys are able to, to do that at a faster pace. Yeah, so we basically managed to simplify the business process. Uh, so our users will not have to waste their time, effort, and also money setting up their business in Indonesia. They can even do it without leaving their gas or from everywhere in the world. Like so far, uh, we have helped our users from Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, Australia, India, from the US, also other European countries. And they're very happy with the result without, again, without leaving their desk. So uh, I think that, that, that that's very important for them. So you're, you're talking about uh, foreign companies starting uh, local PTs. Uh, are a lot of your clients right now foreign or a lot of them these smaller Indonesian companies or 50-50? Mm-hmm. 50-50 basically. So mo- most are startup companies, right? But, you know, uh, originally they come from different countries. Uh, even though they they do business in Indonesia or they're expanding their business here, uh, originally they're not from Indonesia. So a lot of them uh, even are still uh, and university students studying, let's say in the U.S. or you know in in Australia or in different countries. But they're super keen to come to Indonesia because of the opportunities. And then. So you're making this process much more streamlined and you're making it much more accessible to people outside of Indonesia as well as uh, in like for Indonesians. Um, I'm assuming that you are also making it more affordable, right? Like, is there a, um, a percentage difference or something that you can benchmark how much cheaper it is to work with Plato than it would be to go to a lawyer directly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the the gap is quite high, uh, to be very honest with you, is around one to ten, the difference. Uh, one to ten. Yeah, times, ten x. <laughs> it's ten. So, maybe ten x cheaper to work. Ten x. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's simply because you you've made the process shorter so now the lawyers are not billing uh hours over you know multiple months is that the core of it yeah because um if you go to a lawyer the the process would be a lot formal and also the 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 time itself will be a lot longer because the way the lawyer approach uh this will be different than how we do it right because uh for us we use a lot of forms and then uh, we don't we don't do a lot of nitty-gritty then it is normally required by lawyers so that way uh, it's more efficient in in time and also effort and also money and then what is your 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 most requested service that you guys offer right now mm-hmm. so basically uh, we have two uh, paid service at this point, which is a company incorporation, also the request of quotation. And both are actually are the favorite one because normally once the 
you know, someone incorporate a company, normally the next thing that they will need is help from a lawyer or uh, vice versa. So it is kind of like 50-50. Uh, so when you say request for quotation, that's the part where I say I need help to patent my idea or to license the idea. And then you help find a a, a lawyer to um, work with me. Is that how yeah. that works? Yeah. So normally uh, you will need to identify your problems and identify your needs. And uh, based on that of course, there will be a set of questions that you need to ask. And then from that questions, we will introduce you to the right lawyer, uh, the most matching to your needs to help you with, with your budget, of course. Okay, so then <clears throat> do you give me um, just one option or you say, based on your, your, your budget and your needs, these are the three best lawyers uh, for you? Mm-hmm. So imagine us as uh, your private concierge in dating app. We would just give you one person because we sort all of these candidates for you and therefore the, you will go with this one. And are there any drawbacks to that? Like, are, do people say, I don't really like the, the personality of this lawyer or do those things not matter? People, you, you match them and they're like, okay, great. Yeah, so basically, uh, there is a conflict check that needs to be done before uh, the lawyer actually being introduced to the client, which needs to be done by the lawyer themselves. So once the check is done, uh, the risk of unmatched situation is almost zero. Mm -hmm. And these these lawyers that you're working with, are they of us like can i say that i i don't want to work with a junior person who just graduated from law school uh Mm -hmm. or are you working with established partners all the way down to associates um or like what kind of uh experience level can i expect when i'm I'm getting a a lawyer match from you Mm -hmm. you can expect to meet a, a top tier law firm kind of quality uh, in Indonesia, so you will not meet lawyer who just graduated. You will not meet lawyer who never done this before. You will not meet lawyer who know nothing about what they're doing. So our process in uh, pre-vetting these lawyers is quite complex, and therefore uh, we also, because of that, uh, do not just accept any lawyers to be in our close marketplace. And then in the U.S., there's a company called Atrium. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, uh, but they were they were offering similar uh, services, uh, and they they recently shut down. They had trouble scaling it up. Uh, so how how are you avoiding uh, those kinds of problems with with the scaling of um, this marketplace of of lawyers? Right. Uh, to start with, uh, we are a legal, a legal platform with a service. We are not a law firm, so we do not act as a lawyer nor provide a legal service, which enable us uh, to grow as a business and also be profitable at the same time. 
So I think that would be the difference between us and Atrium, also uh, legal Zoom in the U.S. You had a very unique path where you've gone from being a lawyer, which is a pretty steady, I know how much I'm going to get paid based on how much I'm working, to startup founder, which is, you know, the great unknown. Uh, what has been like the most difficult thing for you uh, or what's one of the big lessons that you've learned uh, since you've launched this platform? Yeah. Uh, to start with, being a startup of, uh, you know, uh, being a, C a startup CEO is not a fancy thing, right? Very often, the CEO of startups are the first people to go lean for the good of the company. And that is very obvious. Uh, the reason is that the first and the foremost concern for the CEO is the company growth and doesn't lose traction. So the last concern that the CEO should have in his or her mind is the salary. So obviously, um, you know, the CEO shouldn't have uh, wage, uh, you know, to, to, <laughs> to low to survive or to worry about the bills and et cetera, since um, that will still weigh focus and add extra stress to the CEO. And I think that is why it is highly advised that the, the CEO and the co-founder should have at least a 12 month of salary that you can live alone and make their own safe. And then, uh, you know, they have to have the money that they save up and uh, for them to survive. I think that that, that is uh, the most challenging part, at least in the beginning. Yeah, the most difficult part, I think. <laughs> Yeah, especially if, if you're in the middle of a fundraise, um, burn is always uh, very precious. Yeah. Uh, but anything from, from team management morale, aside from managing finances that you've learned um, with your small team and as you've been growing? Well, uh, it is a challenging and also fun time that we had because we learned so much as we grow. I don't see that as a difficulty, but it's more like a learning curve that we need, that we all need, you know, to know and understand in order for us to grow. So I did not see that as a difficult thing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, thank you, Irma, for stopping by the podcast and talking to us about Plato. Thank you, Jesse. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Side Door Podcast. Let me know what you think about this new format without me adding my voiceover in the middle. Should I keep it or should I go back to it? Remember to follow the pod on Spotify or subscribe on iTunes, where you can also give this podcast a five-star rating. I'd really appreciate that. Follow me on Instagram at Jesse Bowman or the pod at sidedoor.fm. Until next time, stay curious.